The Take Action podcast series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach to advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com. Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us for our podcast. I'm really excited to bring uh, a phenomenal subject matter expert uh, on the line um, with us to talk, uh, have a little bit of conversation around Social Security maximization and, and making sure that us as advisors don't make any you know big mistakes. You know, so I uh, figured we'd do a podcast to identify maybe some of the biggest mistakes that people might be making or, you know, things that we need to look out for as we're working with our clients, helping them navigate through the decisions of uh, when and how to take Social Security and the best way to do it. So welcome, Jim Blair, to the line. How you doing, Jim? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being here. Jim, would you mind, I mean, you have a robust uh, background of experience with Social Security. Do you mind uh, just giving a little bit of a background um, of your personal background and, and working for Social Security and also the organization now um, that your, uh, that uh, Clarity and Prosperity is actually partnered up with? We have an event coming up on October 18th and 19th, a joint training event, uh, where they have the ability to come through and get certified um, in accredited certification in Social Security education. But uh, you mind just giving us your background as well as uh, uh, the, or your organization's background, Jim? Sure. Uh, I worked for the Social Security Administration for 35 years. It went pretty fast, seems like, but uh, started off as a service representative. That's that smiling face you see when you walk in the front door. I did that for a number of years moved into the claims taking portion of it. And I took claims for retirement, survivors, disability, health insurance, did that for about 10 years, moved into the management end of it and ended up retiring after nine years as the district manager of the Piqua, Ohio office. Piqua, Ohio is about 30 miles north of Dayton, Ohio. Nice little rural community, but Social Security being a federal program, it doesn't matter what office you work in, the the benefits are all the same. So I spent a number of years doing that, uh, retired January 1st of 2010, and just kind of jumped right into the premier social security consulting business with, uh, with my business partner, Mark Piner. And what we started off doing was basically meeting with uh, individuals, mainly couples, and going over their filing options, the, the different uh, filing strategies that they had available to them. And uh, we did that for a number of years. And then in January of 2013, we started uh, the National Social Security Advisor Certificate Program. And what we do is teach financial advisors, CPAs, insurance agents about Social Security because we could only reach out to so many people at a time. And this is an important topic. We want to make sure that people are aware of it. So uh, now we not only meet with folks, but we also teach uh, a lot of people about Social Security. That's awesome. What inspired you, you know, to want to do this, this, ed this education that you're providing to advisors on Social Security? 
Joe. Well, what we found, yeah, what we found is we're getting a lot of, we were getting a lot of questions from not only the general public, but advisors as well. And in talking to people, you find that uh, anybody who deals with money at all, they think knows about Social Security. So they're asking their advisors, their CPAs about uh, Social Security types of questions, and they don't know the answers. And we thought that uh, the best thing for, for the general public is to teach the people that are going to be getting those questions uh, uh, enough about Social Security that either they can answer some of the questions or at least know where to go to to find the answers to the questions they don't know. Nice. So, Jim, why wouldn't I just, you know, as an advisor, the experts like yourself, right, are work for Social Security. So why wouldn't I just refer them down to the Social Security office to go get their advice? Well, you would think uh, that that would be the thing to do. <laughs> uh, uh, but there's a couple of things. Uh, one big one, the commissioner, uh, former commissioner now, but the commissioner of Social Security told the people that work there, not to discuss people's options with them. People are smart, they have access to the internet, they know about their financial matters. They're gonna make the best decision as when to apply. So when someone goes down to the social security office, pretty much they're just gonna act as uh, uh, someone who's gonna take your application. They're not going to help you determine, is it best to file at 62? Should I wait until full retirement age? can I file what's known as a restricted application? Um, they're not gonna to talk to you about that. The other thing is, just like everywhere else, the baby boomers are retiring. Well, the baby boomers are retiring from Social Security as well. So while I had 35 years of experience, when I walked out the door, I took that with me. And there's a lot of people that are like me doing the same. And Social Security is not hiring folks to replace everyone that walks out the door. They've lost about 20,000 people in the last three or four years uh, that, that haven't been replaced. So the experience is gone, plus they've been told not to help. Uh, kind of a double whammy there. Yeah, you know, Jim, I, uh, my wife actually worked for Social Security. She was a benefits rep for 10 years. Yeah, she won wow. the Rock Awards. You're probably familiar with that language. Yeah. Uh, Yes, before, I am. Yeah, before I talked her into uh, uh, early retirement and to raise my gaggle of babies. That's <laughs> <So. laughs> probably a good move on her part. Uh, not, not to say, you know, it, it was a good job while I worked there. I really enjoyed it. I liked working with the public. And it's kind of like uh, what I'm doing now. I'm working with people. Uh, and I've always liked that. Not sure why. It's just something that I like to like to do yeah. so uh yeah it's I, i'm sure that uh she's she's knowledgeable as well but she's not uh dispensing that information either she's she's got more right things. exactly two sets of twins in three years i think she probably wishes she would have stayed at social security <laughs> no doubt yeah no doubt uh, so uh, jim let me ask you um uh you know, if if I'm an advisor, right, I'm listening to the podcast and, you know, I, sometimes, you know, there's two strategies that you hear a lot about. One of them got sunsetted, one kind of still available for some people. 
So tell me about, you know, file and suspend and then restricted application. Tell me about how those work and what, what, what planning is still available right now? Well, file and suspend is pretty much a done deal. If someone wasn't able to do it in time, then they cannot take advantage of it now. And what that allowed to happen was when you reached full retirement age, you could file your application for retirement, but tell Social Security not to pay you. You would still earn what we call delayed retirement credit. That means you increase your Social Security benefit 8% a year for every year that you don't take your Social Security past full retirement age. But by doing the file and suspend, you uh, met the requirement that allowed your spouse, or if you had minor or disabled children who were eligible off of your work record, to go ahead and take their benefit. So you didn't take your benefit, but your spouse did. And they were able to receive benefits while you increased yours. Well, they changed that law, pulled the rug out from under us, and someone had to be full retirement age no later than May 1st of 2016 and actually file the application and request their benefits be suspended by April 29th of 2016 to fall under the old law. What happens now, you can still file and suspend, but if you suspend your benefits, you suspend everybody's benefits on your work record. Uh, so that one, you could occasionally run into people, and I do, uh, who were full retirement age in time and were wise enough to do the file and suspend uh, before the, the deadline, and now their spouses are reaching the age where they're able to file for benefits. And, and they can file while they're still waiting uh, till age 70 to take their own Social Security. The restricted so Jim, application, sure. Jim, real quick before you switch gears to restricted application. So for file and suspend, are there any situations where it still makes sense to file and suspend? Like you said, um, you can still do it, but it suspends everybody's payments. Or is it pretty much not even in any situation makes sense? Well, there might be a, a, a situation here or there. Um, if someone took their benefit at age 62, maybe they were out of work and they started their benefits, or maybe they had children who were eligible and they wanted to make sure that their, their children uh, drew benefits as well. Now they've reached full retirement age and they, they want to increase their benefit because by taking benefits at 62, uh, if you're full retirement age of 66, you see a 25% reduction. So you could suspend then at full retirement age. If you're the only one on there, it's not going to hurt anybody else. Uh, the only other one that nobody really cares about is if you have a divorced spouse on your record. Uh, if they're receiving benefits off of your work record and you suspend, you're not going to suspend their benefits. Uh, so the, the divorced spouses have a pretty good lobby out there somewhere. But those are really <laughs> their only two, and, and they're pretty limited. So, Right. Hey, let me ask you a quick question before you go to restricted application. Um, so between early retirement, 62, and right now, was it 66 in however many months if somebody's turning now? Uh, if you were born in 1956, turning 62 this year, your full retirement age is 66 in four months. In four months, okay. So during that period of 62 and 66 in four months, um, 
how much percent does it grow per year? Is it is it 8% during that window or is it the window from 66 and four months to age 70 that grows to 8%? Because there's a difference, isn't there? There is a difference. The 8% window is once you reach full retirement age, delaying your benefit until age 70, you'll see that 8% a year increase. It's actually two thirds of 1% for each month. If you okay. take benefits early, then they're, they're reduced. Uh, it's about 6.7% a year. Uh, so by taking benefits at 62, it's going to be reduced about 25%. Uh, if you wait till 63, you, you, you don't have as much of a, of a decrease. It's about 6.7% less. So, uh, about 6.7% before full retirement age, and then you earn the 8% after. Okay, perfect. That's what I was looking for. Okay, I won't interrupt you anymore. You can talk about restricted applications now. <laughs> oh, interrupt interrupt me all you want. I'm married. I'm used to it. So, uh, the uh, uh, sorry, I apologize to anybody out there. But, uh, no, the, the restricted application, that one's still available for a lot of folks out there. A lot of people... A lot of your clients are going to be uh, able to take advantage of that. Anybody born January 1st of 1954 or earlier, those folks at their full retirement age can take advantage of the restricted application if it makes sense for them. Um, so, so what, what age does that make them now? Let me see. You said what 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 date again? Well, they would be 65 sometime this year in 2018. Uh, those folks will be reaching uh, full retirement age sometime in 2019. Uh, so the last person that's going to be eligible to take advantage of the restricted application is someone who turns 66 January 1st of 2020. Uh, anybody okay. that uh, reaches full retirement age before that also can take advantage of the restricted application. Uh, so if you turn 66 January 2nd of 2020, you're only eligible on your own work record, uh, or at least the restricted application isn't there. I shouldn't say you're only eligible on your own. That depends on your work history, but uh, the restricted application is gone for those folks. Um, okay, and, and how does that work? And the way that works, is at your full retirement age, you file an application for social security benefits, but instead of taking them based off of your own work, you're gonna take them based off of your spouse's work or your ex-spouse's work. You're filing a, a spousal benefit instead of your own. Normally when you apply for benefits, you take your own benefits off of your own work record first, and then if you're doing any additional spousal benefit, you can take that additional benefit second. But the restricted application says, I'm not taking my own. I wanna let that grow and earn the 8% a year. In the meantime though, pay me off of my spouse's work record and I will receive a benefit equal to half of what my spouse was eligible for at their full retirement age. Great, great, yeah, awesome strategy. It just. Uh... Just about a month ago, I had a client come in and they didn't realize they could do this and talk about blowing somebody away. I mean, it's like free money that they would have left on the table if they didn't had never met me, which is uh, just fantastic. 
Yep. Yes, and, and you use the term free money. This is as close to free money as anybody would ever find. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, so tell me a little bit about how it works with uh, non-covered pensions. You know, like in Ohio, we have a lot of, you know, school teachers, public employees, uh, police and fire, you know, a lot of that that we run into and just kind of how, you know, how the coordination of those benefits work and then, you know, how does that intersect potentially with restricted applications, things of that nature? Well, actually, these benefits can affect about every every type of Social Security benefit out there. So if you're eligible for a pension from work not covered by Social Security, as you mentioned, uh, in Ohio and a lot of states out there, state teachers, they pay into their own pension plan. They do not pay into Social Security. If somewhere along the line they have enough work where they earned uh, enough quarters of coverage, or, or also known as credits now, to be eligible for a benefit based on their own work record. They're gonna be subject to something called the Windfall Elimination Provision, or WEP, also known as WEP. And what happens is they change the way your benefit is computed, and your benefit is gonna be reduced. Uh, Social Security benefits are computed to give lower earning individuals a, ha a higher percentage of benefits based on their average wage over their work history. Uh, these folks look like they're lower earners, but they're not. So Congress felt they were receiving a windfall. Uh, and what happens is their benefit can be reduced uh, as much as $448 a month or, or even a, a little more if we've had some cost of living increases involved. So people are going to see less than what it says on their social security benefit statement. The other one is called government pension offset. And this applies to folks who are receiving a benefit as a spouse or uh, a surviving spouse. And what happens here is they'll take two thirds of your non-covered pension, your state teacher's pension, two thirds of that gross pension and subtract it from your benefit. So unlike with the windfall where you're guaranteed something, it never zeroes out your monthly benefit amount, uh, a lot of times spousal benefits and even survivor benefits are completely offset because of their non-covered pension. Okay, okay, that, that helps. Tell me, um, in uh, I know the answer to this, but I think other people may want to hear this. Um, if let's say that I uh, work for, you know, the school, and then I have the option of taking my STRS, or I could take a lump sum, which would reduce my monthly benefit. How does that work um, in regards to offset, you know, with the windfall elimination uh, provision? Yeah, you're, you're still subject to the offset. Uh, they're going to determine or try to determine what would your benefit have been had you not taken the lump sum or the partial lump sum. Um, and they'll use that figure. If that can't be determined, then they'll take the amount of money you received in a lump sum and they'll divide it by the number of months that are actuarially left in your life, at least based on their figures and come up with a their own determination of a monthly benefit amount, and then they'll use that to determine the offset. 
So you can't get out of the windfall or the government pension offset by taking a lump sum. Nice, good, thank you. Um, all right, so Jim, what uh, what would you say the three most common mistakes are that you see advisors making with their clients in regards to Social Security? Well, I, I hate to say it, but a lot of them send their clients into the Social Security office. Uh, we talked <laughs> a little bit about that earlier, but um, and sometimes you do have to go in. I, I, I'll admit that. But um, depending on Social Security to give people the right answer, unfortunately, we've heard a lot of stories from people that have gone in that just kind of make me cringe and, and upset me a little bit since I used to work there. But uh, sending people in isn't going to guarantee that they get the correct answer. If you don't mention the restricted application and that's the best way for you to go, you're going to lose out on money because they're not going to tell you about it. Uh, you have to bring it up to them first. And then and now we're going to assume that the person even knows what you're talking about, because sometimes the newer employees don't know about that. So sending people in uh, another mistake is just thinking, well, I'm 62. I'm going to take my benefits either everybody tells me it's not going to be there uh, or uh, they're just saying, you know, you'll never get all the money back you paid in. You better file at 62 so you can get back the most that you can. Uh, the problem is when they first came up with the concept, taking benefits at 62, but they're reduced, you get your full benefit at full retirement age, or if you wait until age 70, we'll increase those. At the time they came up with that, the overall theory was, uh, on average, people would receive about the same amount of money over their lifetime. Well, that was back in the 60s. And what they haven't done is kept up with life expectancy. So taking benefits at age 62, you take that 25% reduction, you may see that reduction paid to you over the period of 20, 25, sometimes 30, 35 years, because Social Security is a lifetime benefit. No matter how long you live, Social Security is going to pay you. And then I think another big mistake, uh, and it, it goes along with this one, uh, if someone takes benefits at age 62 or before full retirement age, those benefits are reduced. That also carries over to the survivor benefit. And if survivor uh, benefits from Social Security are an important part of someone's estate planning, if, you, if someone takes benefits at 62, they're going to to cut the same uh, amount of money from the survivor benefit. Whereas if you wait till 70 and earn those delayed retirement credits uh, and see an increase, that also carries over to the survivor benefit. Uh, and by the time people find out that that was a mistake, it's generally too late. Yeah, for sure. No, that's, that's great. That's great information. Well, Jim, as we wrap up here, um, I'd if you would just tell tell who's listening a little bit about what they're going to learn. So we have a two day event coming up October 18th and 19th, and that'll be repeated. Uh, we'll have uh, three or four more throughout uh, next year. Uh, but we're typically the uh, our our training is 9.99 for our training that we put on our holistic planning academy. You guys normally charge 9.99 for your social. Security uh, certification, and together 
we're actually doing a two for one. We're offering two days of training um, for the Holistic Planning Academy, as well as on Social Security certification for $9.99. So really a two for one. But tell, tell who's listening a little bit about um, what are they going to get in your portion of that training? What we do is is go over all the topics that we talked about. Uh, we'll cover a little bit about the uh, the status of Social Security because the question I get from a lot of people is, will it be there for me? Uh, and we'll cover that. People are going to ask you that, and it will be. Uh, so, so we'll talk a little bit about the history in the future. We talk about the various benefits, retirement benefits, spousal benefits, survivor benefits, children's, uh, we go over all of that. There's a, a, a topic called the annual earnings test, which affects people who want to take Social Security before their full retirement age, but still want to do a little bit of work. Uh, How's that going to affect their Social Security benefit? We'll go over uh, a, a lot of the reasons why should I take my benefit at 62 versus 70, uh, why should I wait, that kind of thing, the effects on the other benefits. Uh, so we look at all that. We, we go into detail about the windfall elimination provision and the government pension offset. So basically, we go over the general questions that people are going to ask, but even if they don't ask, we like uh, our, our uh, advisors to be proactive uh, and be able to recognize when someone is losing out on some money. Like you mentioned a little earlier, uh, your client the other day who uh, needed to file the restricted application because they were losing out on some money. Uh, they don't know about that. And, and if you can help them determine that they're losing money and they can get that money, they're, they're pretty grateful for that. Uh, so we're gonna teach folks about all of that. You also earn uh, a, a certificate where the uh, our our training is accredited through ICE, the Institute for Crediting Excellence, and uh, it's a, the National Social Security Certificate Program. And and so by taking our class, if you also take the test, oh, excuse me, the assessment, and you pass that, uh, then you become an NSSA certificate holder. So uh, you have access to Mark and myself. When you have those questions, you can answer. Uh, so it, it makes you more knowledgeable in social security and kind of sets folks apart from those who don't. That's excellent. And it's so important, you know, as we do, we train advisors on the bucket plan, uh, best interest process. Basically, we show them how to simplify financial planning, but it's so important, social security is such a key component to be able to optimize social security and, and put together a sound retirement income plan. So I think our trainings uh, go together uh, like a hand and glove in the Holistic Planning Academy. You learn about the financial planning process. And then in the social security, you learn about how to uh, maximize your social security benefits and what great credibility to show your dedication to education by getting the cert certified. And, uh, Jim, are you guys the only group, uh, from what I understand, that actually is accredited Social Security uh, certification program? Do you know of any others? Uh, we know no others. We are the only accredited uh, Social Security training program in the nation. Awesome. 
Yeah, well, we're proud to be able to present this uh, this two-day training with you guys, October 18th and 19th. And thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast, Jim. You're welcome. Appreciate you having me on. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. The Take Action podcast series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach to advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com.